0: Hi, I'm Holly Humberstone. I'm here on Introducing with Tim. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm from I'm from the East Midlands in the UK and I make kind of like electronic-y pop music and it's my first time here in Australia and I'm really, really excited.
1: Hello, hello! Welcome to the next episode of Introducing. My name is Tim Blackwell. Thought it might be nice, I introduce myself as well as all these other artists. Hopefully, you've been enjoying the last few episodes. I'm very pumped to introduce you now, though, to Holly Humberstone. She is wise beyond her years. Her music is incredibly mature for her age. She was born in 1999. I know, right? One year before Y2K. I mean, she's so lucky. I feel like someone from The Simpsons here when I say you might know her from such hits as "Falling Asleep at the Wheel," uh, "Sleep Tight's a new one," "The Walls are Way Too Thin," one of my favourites. She is a Brit Award rising star, and in this chat, she's going to tell us what Sam Fender had to do with that honour very soon. Um, I saw her at Glastonbury, which I'll explain in a second. Was a huge, huge moment for her. She had to stop down a few times as well she was that overwhelmed but it was very sweet um it's her first time in australia and our chat toward the end is crashed by one of our old mates in fact the bloke that did the first ever introducing podcast with me my old mate dom aka youngblood so sit back relax enjoy holly humberstone i know you're gonna fall in love with her and then if you want to stick around for youngblood as well Lift. welcome. I'm excited to have you. Thanks for joining us. I know you've, um, we were just talking, so you've done Splendour in the Grass and I also saw your Glastonbury. Yes. Now that, I I know you've done Glastonbury before, but you kind of, that looked like it was a bit of a moment for you.
0: Yeah, it was. (laughs) I don't know if you could tell how like terrifying that was well, you for me. Sto- you
1: stopped down but it was it, the audience was on your side what was that was that just looking out into the crowd and going can I, I can't believe that so many people have come to see me like do you still feel like that
0: yeah yeah it was like very much that um, <laughs> I think it, I was on I was on on the Saturday and I'd been obviously when at Glastonbury you have to go out um, and make the most out of being at Glastonbury because it's you know, once a year. We haven't had Glastonbury for two years. Yeah. Um so yeah, I was slightly hanging as well, I have to make a disclaimer. But, you know, I don't think that's a normal, like natural situation to be in. I think anyone would have been nervous. And yeah, I just the last time I played Glastonbury was in two thousand and nineteen, I think. It was the first festival I ever did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And um It's
1: pretty big for the first festival. Normally that's like that's like when you've really made it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that was a terrifying experience for me back then. Um yeah. But like, I think I was on like one of the first slots on a, like a smaller stage. Um, so yeah, just two years later, going out and seeing that the tent was full and stuff, and I, it was just like. Who are these people? Um, <laughs>
1: I was one of them. So, that was one. I, I can't answer who the others were, but yeah, I was one of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, I've, I've met one.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 you, do you look at – can you see people individually when the crowd's that big or are you just looking at it more just as a mass of just sweat and color?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a mass of sweat and color, but I usually pick a few people yep. in the crowd. It's usually the tall people that I focus on and just stare down. Yeah. Um, but I had like a few of my like friends and stuff with uh um and with their families and stuff, so yeah, I, I kind of looked at those to those people for reassurance a lot of the time
1: so then how like being your first time in Australia how was the splendor in the grass experience for you because it was obviously the weather was it actually should be the other way around Glastonbury uh-huh. should be the muddy one with the gumboots yeah uh, where Glastonbury was like being in Palm Springs like in the desert it was just the best Coachella <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah
0: literally no 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 I'm, it's really strange it's like 40 degrees in the UK right now yeah and coming to Australia it's like
1: you got a big jumper on <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's like winter here in the for the UK um, but yeah, Splendor was so cool. Like, we landed. I've just come from Japan, and it's my first time here in Australia. And I didn't really realize that I could sell tickets here, you know, let alone like do do Splendor and stuff. So you're
1: not just sell tickets. You've sold out everywhere you're going. Let's let's not be that modest. You've yeah, actually sold I mean, all the tickets.
0: <laughs> it, like, it beats me. I have no idea how I'm have have managed to pull that off. But um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't really expecting many people to show up. Yeah. Um, And, like, obviously it was like a swamp because the mud was terrible. Um, So I I was just kind of like, oh, you know, kind of of a bit jet lagged coming off the flight. Um, Never played a show here before. I had no idea what to expect. And it was so lovely. Like, people just really showed up and just... Showed me such a good time and everyone was singing, and I, I just, it was really like lovely. It was really, really overwhelming. She to Glastonbury,
1: I think. Um, We hadn't had anything for two years either. Yeah. So I think the attitudes of both festivals were exactly the same. Like, obviously, on a different scale, but we were all yeah. walking around with giant smiles on our face. Even the mud and the rain and the lines, nothing yeah. could get us down. So
0: honestly, I saw so many <laughs> poor fools just drenched in mud yeah. at the airport as well the next day. Gosh, yeah, you guys are troopers. Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, I think the, the English. I think the English do festivals better than anyone. Like you do proper festivals. We're kind of just dipping our toe in down here because normally yeah. we do like afternoons. Because also, there's not that many people. Like normally, the, there was a great festival called the Big Day Out, but that was like really one afternoon into the night, and yeah. then everyone went home, and that was our big festival. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you guys
1: camp for like days and days and days.
0: Yeah, but we love a complaint though. We yeah. love to complain about yeah. it. I think. Um, um, but you guys were just like – it was so much fun just to be there and everyone was so lovely and, yeah, it just makes a nice little change, yeah. to be honest, to London.
1: Now, tell us about growing up in, in rural I'm, – I'm reading that it was rural Lincolnshire, is that right? Did you say West Midlands? Is that the same thing?
0: It, the East Midlands. Oh, yeah. East Midlands, yeah. So, it's kind of – there's not lots going on at all there. Um, <laughs> there's really nothing much. I live – the closest place that I live – like of any note is Nottingham, um, oh, yeah. which is where Robin Hood is from. Oh, so if you yes. if you know Robin Hood, oh, yes. then it's pretty exciting. Um,
1: <laughs> is he like is he like uh, everyone's favourite celebrity? Or yeah, oh, he yeah, is really?
0: everyone. He's like the local celeb, I yeah, guess. Good, good, good. Um, Um, but yeah so yeah I live I I grew up in like the countryside um, kind of 40 minutes out of Nottingham yeah in, in Lincolnshire and it's like yeah it was really peaceful and it was really nice Place to grow up. Um,
1: any other music out, come out of there? Like any other musician we might have known? I'm like We've got Robin Hood, obviously, but are um, or you, or you it? Are you the the town's kind of local musical hero? Well,
0: there's a lot of like dad bands and stuff like that, oh, yeah. which is great. Um, <laughs> but not- Like cover
1: bands? Like, Do you mean like pub cover bands? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Jessie's Girl, that kind of thing?
0: That kind of Perfect. thing, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great sound too bad. music scene is popping off. Yeah. But um, no, no, no. So yeah, I grew up I grew up in this tiny little yeah, this little tiny village with my three sisters and just loads of old people and I never really kind of because yeah, nobody really does music there. I don't think people think it's a legit job or like a legit option. Yeah. Um so I I never really thought that I'd get to it was always something that I loved doing but I never thought that I'd be lucky enough to, you know, get to get to actually Kind of, sitting
1: here right now, you know? I know, uh, on the other
0: side of the world.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Um, with three sisters, though, are you the, the musical dark horse? Like, what do they do? What are their jobs?
0: Well, my, so my parents are, like, really, really, they're, they have, like, very stressful kind of academic jobs. They work for the NHS. Oh, wow. Um, so we've kind of all been put off doing anything <laughs> like that, and we've gone the complete other way. Yeah, everyone's really creative. Um, but, yeah, we just kind of grew up. Basically, because my parents were at work all the time, just messing the house up and like doing art and um, music. You
1: played the violin growing up. Is that is that how you is that your first kind of instrument that you picked up?
0: Yeah, I mean it's. I don't like shout about it. It's a little no. bit embarrassing. Well,
1: I played the violin for eleven years. Oh, did you? And I agree. Like I, I taught myself how to play the guitar when I was in the, my mid twenties, just because I thought I can't stand around playing like like the, the Four Seasons from Vivaldi yeah. to my friends. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How can I take myself seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know, but it's one of those instruments. Like it was so hard. Like I was really good at it. But if I picked it up now, I couldn't make a sound out of it. Yeah. Are you the same, or have you obviously a bit more talented? Uh,
0: n- no, not with that. I find it really hard to read music because oh, i yeah. I just kind of. I think I've got a really short attention span, and um, yeah, I just find that really hard. So I kind of learn a lot by just by ear, and then when I got to like the later kind of grades. I just really, really struggled with it and I wanted to do the last one and then I literally haven't picked the violin up since my last grade. And also, my parents, made, like they were like, it's really important for you to go to orchestra and I absolutely hated I hated it so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I used to cry before going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just put me off at the whole thing. It's
1: also, well, from my experience was that when you had to play the violin, there was a right way and a wrong way. Yeah. That shouldn't be how music is.
0: No, it shouldn't like, it's be. like you're
1: doing it right and you're doing it wrong.
0: Yeah, you're yeah. right. And I think that's what's nice about songwriting is you don't really have to worry about the rules and, th- and things. Yeah. Um, Do you
1: remember the first song you wrote?
0: Uh, I don't actually, I don't remember ever kind of like sitting down and being like, right, I'm going to start writing now. Um, But I don't, my mum loved playing the piano um, and we've got, yes, we had this piano at home um, and it just kind of was what I like kind of gravitated towards getting home from school. I'd just go in there and like shut the door and just write about everything going on at primary school, really, (laughs) all the gossip. Yeah. all, all the
1: stuff that you think is the most important thing in the world and nothing will get more important.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All the all the boy drama. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then it just kind of I just never really stopped. It was like just su- it just became such a big part of just like my way of like processing change and stuff like that and just really great for my mental health. Um and then yeah, it was it was, I never, like I said, I never really thought I'd get to actually, like, carry on and do it as a job. I went to, like, a really academic school where everyone did, like, it was like an all-girls school and everyone was, like, in competition against each other because that's how we'd been kind of set. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And everyone wanted to go to uni to do, like, you know, languages or, like, law or something. And I was just, like... I want to do music. Um, <laughs> are
1: the lawyer friends of yours the ones now that are asking for Glastonbury tickets? Is yeah, exactly.
0: That's how it works. Exactly, yeah, how it works. Hey, do you remember me from uh, school?
1: <laughs> yeah. I was a real bitch to you. But yeah. No, but now I've seen you on TV.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'd really like some free tickets. Yeah, of course.
1: Um, tell me, Is it true that you were discovered, though, when you were at orchestra? Like that the word discovered, but did somebody actually discovered you and managed you from orchestra? Or how did you kind of get that break from... Uh, where you were in an orchestra and not liking it to then being maybe in London actually making this a job.
0: Yeah, so I was discovered at... Um, yeah, whilst I was still... Discovered, I guess. I know, that's what um, I mean.
1: I read discovered. I'm like, I don't know. I hate that word, but it's, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, so Your I,
1: parents probably discovered you. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, still at school, I think. Mm. And then I... Yeah, so I, as I said, like, I really love doing it, but... It wasn't really, it didn't seem like a legit option. And I'd, I'd basically go home and write these songs and I started recording really, really rubbish demos on my dad's um, like laptop. And then I would just send them, like they were so bad, so, so, so bad, really, really badly recorded. And then I'd send them to like my friends and stuff like that and they'd kind of be really supportive and really like getting them and... um then I think one of my friend's dads told me about this website that you could upload stuff onto and mm-hmm. like ra- local radio stations yeah. listen to it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just uploaded this one song. It was called Hit and Run. It's kind of embarrassing to listen back to now. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then like, I guess a song, one of like one of the really rubbish demos got played on Radio 1 at like two in the morning or something Perfect. like that. Right. Prime and, time. Yeah, and it just so happened that somebody in London was listening and yeah, and that's how I kind of like met my team and yeah, it's oh, been a, awesome. a bit of luck as well. Like yeah. a lot of luck, for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm just really grateful. So then
1: what about the moment between that and then the first single that was released where it wasn't a rubbish demo and that you put it out there. So Deep End. Yeah. Where, tell me about that process and was that was that when everything changed when yeah. that song came out?
0: Exactly. So I'm yeah, that's kind of when everything changed. I moved away, um, basically because all my friends were going off to uni. Mm. I thought that that was kind of the only way to, you know, you know, be successful. And so I went to, um, yeah, like a, a musical theatre kind of musicy kind of university in Liverpool, yeah. um, and I really hated it. So much, and i I wasn't at uni very much. I'd spent a lot of time kind of going back and forth to London doing bits of writing um with yeah, with writers and things like that, um and I met just a few people that I really, really clicked with, and yeah, then i I wrote Deep end, and I was gonna originally put out one of the first songs that I wrote like in a in a session kind of situation was. Um, falling asleep at the wheel and that was going to go out first and then I wrote Deep End and it just felt way more personal and like way more me and it was about like something that's really close to my heart which is like my sisters and mental health and um, I just felt like it was like the right song to put out first yeah and I guess just because the lyrics and stuff are so... Just raw and unfiltered, I guess, in a lot of my writing. Maybe that's why people are kind of connecting a little bit. But yeah. um, well, yeah,
1: I, yeah, your honesty—you can tell that. I think any any song you know straight away whether or not it's someone's putting it on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think so.
1: And also, it seems like the, your the hatred of the orchestra and then the uni got you to where you are today. So yeah. it's, it's actually if people are listening now, it's okay to hate things. Yeah, it's <laughs> let, okay. Let that motivate you and drive you.
0: Yeah, let that ch- come out. Channel that yeah. hatred. Channel the hatred and the angst. <laughs>
1: (laughs) I wouldn't have thought hate would be a word I'd associate with you, but there you go. Um, Tell us about um, Sam Fender and then the Brit Award for Rising Star.
0: Yeah, I mean- As a bit of a moment. It was such a moment. It was so cool. Um, So I- yeah, I can't really remember the timeline of everything because I feel like so much has happened in the past few years. Um, I think, but,
1: but not that long, is it? It hasn't been that long because like t- we're talking like 2019-ish, aren't we? 2020?
0: 2020 was my first release, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically, so to summarize. the last few years have been a blur. <laughs> yeah, they have. They have. Um, to summarize, I think I put out one EP during like the first lockdown that we had in the UK, so early 2020, mm-hmm. and then I put out my second EP. I think it was last summer. Yeah. Like, I think...
1: Let's go with it. We'll go with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah. Say it um, with enough
1: confidence, everyone would like, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then I got nominated for, like, um the Brit's Rising Star Award, which was just so strange <laughs> and just cool. Um, but, yeah, I just was really lucky to be nominated and you know alongside I think it was two other amazing female artists and loads of really amazing people that I'd really looked up to had had won the award in previous years like Griff had won it the year before he was so cool and yeah. Sam obviously I think won it the year before that um and then yeah and then I guess he 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 was doing um he, he asked me to do um, to sing on an acoustic version of his track, 17 Going Under, yeah. which is an amazing song. Yeah. And, and you
1: guys do it such so well as a duet because you, when you hear it the first time, you don't think that that's a, a very duet song.
0: No. <laughs> but I d- You
1: made it work. It was beautiful. I
0: mean, I didn't, I didn't know that it would work as a duet either, but, you know, he asked me, so I was like, hell yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, it was really cool. I was just kind of trying to focus on... We, we got together to record it and I was just kind of trying to focus on getting the job done and, like, um, yeah, you, know, you know, like, doing the song justice, you know, um, and then once we were finished with the recording, he was just like, oh, thank you so much for... I mean there's a video of it somewhere I think where I really embarrassed myself. But um he he basically just like had the brit in his jacket and like pulled it out and I wasn't even thinking about it and it was just really cool. Yeah. Um just like a real strange thing to happen in life. Yeah. Um but yeah, I feel so lucky. It's like so cool to Yeah, for my music to be recognized by, you know, the Brits and just to get that kind of support is just really, really affirming and just really encouraging and I just want to carry on. I feel so lucky that I get to even be here, you know.
1: Yeah, well, it must feel great though because obviously as a non-songwriter and a non-musician but I I would assume a lot of your career would be spent on your own in your own head like writing things Mm -hmm. and and perfecting things and then to then know and get that that justification that people outside are coming to your shows or the industry's recognizing you must be an amazing feeling.
0: Yeah, it's sick. I mean, especially after the last few years where I've been inside and like I'm sure a lot of people as well have struggled with like self-doubt and just yeah, I just really really questioned questioned my own ability and stuff because I just I was just so like not motivated and yeah that was at the time when my my first few songs were coming out and it seemed like I was getting a lot of really cool recognition and people connecting with me online and things like that but I just didn't really feel like I was going anywhere and um, like it was gonna work out so I think coming out of of that just kind of rubbish time to like to getting a Brit and yeah. being able to come over here to Australia and to travel you know so far from home you know to the US and It's just really, really cool. I just feel really lucky and just... Yeah, just... Yeah, if anything, just having that confidence in myself again yeah. is really nice.
1: Yeah. It's amazing how quickly things happen, though, because I'll sh- remind me, I'll show you a video when we, we, we stop this um, recording because it was, like, 2019, I saw Sam Fender at the Tackle Shack in the Splendor in the Grass. There would have been 50 people there, and he was mm-hmm. doing, like, all his hits from that first album. And then after I'd seen you at Glastonbury, I saw him open for the Rolling Stones, and obviously yeah. he's been playing in front of hundreds of thousands of people yeah. for the last couple of years. It happens like that.
0: Yeah. Is, guess- has it
1: been a moment, though, where you've had to actually stop and – Look back on yourself and it's like pinch me moments. Anything anything that's really stood out. I mean, you've supported Olivia Rodrigo. You're saying you've, you're going to America. Mm-hmm. Has there been one little quirky standout moment for you that make it, made you go or has it just all been one big pinch me moment?
0: I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's actually really hard when you're kind of in it and I put a lot of pressure on myself and I think it's really, really important I think for me to take those moments like to really really try and appreciate what's going on because I'm so in it all the time and my head's always like what's next what's next like yeah. I think something is really cool for like one minute and then I'm like right that's <laughs> just like that's normal now what's yeah. next like yeah. do you know maybe, what I mean maybe
1: sometimes when you're on the plane just go through your camera roll and go yeah. like, oh my god that happened
0: yeah I think it's those like quiet moments when I get home or something yeah um where I'm kind of looking at my camera roll or or like I'm I'm just looking through like little notes that people have given me whilst I've been on tour Um, like those are the moments I think where I'm like get a little butterfly type thing and I'm like oh my gosh I'm really that's really cool that I did that but I think in the in the like moment of it I'm just like right this is just part of the job I guess and I've just got to get this done and then I'll think about it later. <laughs>
1: yes, that's good. That's but, good. Yeah. Compartmentalize things; otherwise, you'll go crazy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I was listening to a lot of your music, um, obviously in the lead up to ch- chatting, and I, was, I noticed in the song Vanilla that you have the the line about spending too much time on is it WebMD? Yeah. Um, with your parents now that you've told us they work for the NHS. Yeah. Are you a hypochondriac and how do, they, how do they feel about you going on the internet to diagnose yourself when you can maybe go into the next room and ask them?
0: I'm massively a hypochondriac, um, which is really strange because they're like very practical people. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's like something to do with like just being creative and a little bit like... Chaotic. I'm very chaotic. Remember
1: the last thing you asked WebMD. It's not too private,
0: obviously.
1: Um <laughs> the last thing that you can share. I <laughs> don't
0: know. Probably just like headaches. I get okay. worried about having headaches right. or like being on a on the like any little thing. You know, being on the plane for too long and worrying that I'm going to get like a blood clot and like have a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> and like walking up and down the plane. Yeah. Um. Probably something like that. Okay. It was a long flight <laughs> yeah, over here. It was. Um. But yeah, no, my, I, I don't know what it is. I just find it really hard to be practical about stuff like that. Um, oh, hello.
1: Oh, come in. Come on in. You, you can crash the podcast if Hi. you want. Hello, What's man? up? Fancy seeing yeah, you listen.
0: here. Hi, hi Holly. Hello. How's it going? are you well? Yeah, I'm great. Rocking thank you. Rocking, man. A cuddle. God. Do you know? Yeah. to yeah, Do you know?
1: Yeah. Don, Don was I'm the first episode of this podcast. Yeah,
0: oh, really. Up. You've got your own logo now. Look at that.
1: <laughs> Classic, and it's gold. It's gold. It's neon. Oh, I love it. Have you played, have you, played you
0: play? Did you play last night or tonight? Uh, I'm playing tomorrow night. Oh my god! Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Rock I heard and roll. You had a really cool, like, impromptu, like. It was. It was a bit wild,
1: yeah. Was it? Like, oh, yeah, this is the Friday of Splendour. Police got called and that. Yeah. Oh. It was a bit mental. Pe- oh. People like climbing over the walls. Oh, Classic. Oh my
0: God, rock good, and all- roll. Is
1: this your first time you've been in Australia? Yeah. Isn't it amazing?
0: It's so good. Everyone's so nice. well
1: everyone is so <laughs> smiley and nice. It's a yeah, vibe.
0: It's such a nice change to London. Uh, are you, have,
1: you, have you had chicken twisties yet? I vegetarian. I am. Yeah. Oh, stress. Well, I don't think there's any chicken in there. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think it's real chicken. You've got to try it.
0: They're probably veggie if you. Yeah. Definitely yeah, the right. modern yeah. way. Anyway,
1: I'll leave you to it. Love you. I oh, love I'll leave you. In and out, man. Love it. See you soon.
0: Classic. <laughs> Classic. See ya. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, was like, I went and saw Dominic the years ago at the Enmore Theatre, and I said, "I'm doing this. I'm going to start this new podcast." Just yeah. I'm, and we'd met a few times before, and it's like, I'll be the first episode for you, and then I'll give you some traction.
0: <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. And it's you've a got, full circle moment. Yeah, you know? that is a full circle <laughs> moment. Congratulations.
1: Oh, yes. Wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so what, what is next for you then? So you've, you've sold out a couple more uh, shows in Australia. You're, yeah. You're heading off back to the US, you were saying?
0: Yeah, I am. I'm heading off back to the US in... Uh, well, actually, so what's next? Yeah, I've got some shows here, which mm-hmm. is so, so cool. Yeah.
1: Um, what, what can we expect? Because I've seen you before. What about people who might be listening who haven't seen you before? What can we expect from a Holly Humberstone show? Uh, Apart from a lot of smiling and you're very polite and very lovely.
0: Yeah, probably just <laughs> me freaking out mostly. Yeah. Um, and being really nervous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I do like a lot of my shows just solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it kind of... Firstly, because I'm so far away from home and I haven't really done a lot of touring yet, it's kind of nice to be able to build up my confidence on stage a little bit, and um, to be able to play some of the more like intimate kind of songs, a bit more stripped back, and so you can really hear the lyrics and stuff. Um,
1: Are you finding do you find it hard to work on new material while you're out p- performing? Not yeah. older stuff, but, like, you're performing over here and you're doing what's out now.
0: Yeah, really, really hard. I don't know how people, like, write. Do you like, write-
1: into your notes on your phone or do you do, do a bit of everything?
0: Yeah, I do a little bit of that, um, but I find it really hard to do do two thing- concentrate on two things at once. Yeah. I've got, like, a big, big block of time when I get home because I've been touring, like, since March. Yeah. I've got, like, a huge like two-month period at home in the next... Um, yeah, in like September and October, where I can just focus on writing, hopefully putting together some form of album. Um, and then I'm, yeah, off again to the US yeah. um, Amazing. To, to do some more shows. But yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess album next. Yeah, but why not? We'll see. See what happens. Yeah, so I've got to write it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, They've yeah, got to the- give me some time <laughs> to actually <laughs> write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, I'm just glad to be here and excited for these next shows and yeah. stuff.
1: Well, it's so lovely to meet you. Um, we we n- normally end the podcast, though, because it's called Introducing. Yes. If you'd like to introduce us to somebody else that you're listening to or that you love at the moment or maybe it's just a song that gets you through the day.
0: Ooh, okay. Let me have a look at my... Yeah, take your time. Yeah. Let me have a look at my... Um...
1: You do that and I'll find that Sam video for you while you do that.
0: <gasps> yes, that sounds I'll, great. I
1: really want to show you that.
0: So what was it? The Sam video?
1: oh, uh, yeah. So um, at Splendor in the Grass in 2019, uh, just to show you kind of how how um, small the kind of the, little, the session was, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Right. Who have I got on here? I've been listening to a lot of podcasts actually recently. Oh yeah. Um, I think just because I'm doing so much music, podcasts just is really nice and. It's just like a nice little welcome break. Yes, I don't know if that really counts. We
1: can listen to this on the plane home.
0: Yeah, this <laughs> one on the plane home, exactly. You to yourself. Um, what music do I love at the moment? Though I'm really liking, um, I'm really liking um, Alex G at the moment. He's released a few, a couple new songs. There's one called Runner that's really, really good. I've just rinsed. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> just rinsed. Yeah, I've been listening to nothing else. Um, and then I've got like a bit of this person called Hand Habits is really good. Oh yeah. Um, so I've been rinsing them as well. Um, but yeah, I'm obsessed with with podcasts at the moment, which oh, is good. cool. That's good. Um, it's- I like this one called Invisibilia. It's like an NPR podcast. It's well good. Um, but yeah,
1: unreal. It's all sorts. Well, I'll show you this video when I find it. Hang on. Here you go. Look at this. So this was this was at, um show you how this is 2019 whoa it's really
0: mini that (laughs) stage back
1: back when Sam used to wear Hawaiian shirts (laughs) (laughs)
0: how long ago was this 2019 yeah yeah, so he
1: played the the park stage or something and And then then he did a little he did a little thing up there it was like with one of 50 people. It was so cool. No
0: way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there only 50 people allowed <laughs> in the gig?
1: At the little, uh, at the little uh, tackle shack gig. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's I bet right. that was a cool moment <laughs> for you. Yeah,
1: that's right. So I'm still, still bringing it up and showing it yeah. To <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> well, look. Lovely to have you in Australia. Um, we're so lucky to have you here. And uh, look, so, such a pleasure to meet you. And good luck with the rest of the shows and whatever else happens. And, and thanks for dropping by, I really appreciate oh, amazing. it amazing
0: thank you so much for having me Tim it's been absolutely lovely I've go. had the best time and you
1: can keep the rest of that sparkling water
0: thank you. I, you I will I'll enjoy that on the way home <laughs> <laughs> thank you lift the room push it forward.